Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Tough Light Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm pow, Sam pow, pow, pow. Uh, 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 pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney, so what? Thank you very much, Sam. Um, there was no pause because we're in the same room for once. Yeah. We're in the studio in Aircast in uh, near Old Street, the tech hub, Silicon Roundabout, um, all of that. Angular hairstyles and skateboards about. I was surprised to see you arrive on... An electric scooter. Well, yeah, you know, when in did, Rome. Did you ride that, that all the way from Sunderland? That one falls up, doesn't it? Right. I it in so the, you took I it on the, the train. luggage compartment. Yeah, of course okay. I did. Do you, what do you think I did? Like strap it to the back of the train and just get a free ride down or something? Yeah, like Michael good, J. Fox it? does in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. He grabs onto the back of a truck. Yeah, that would have been good. I'd have to imagine you doing that. I could have hitchhiked down, I suppose, and tra- strapped on the back of a truck. Do people still hitchhike? Is that still a thing? No, I think it it's been a, outlawed. A big red flag, is it? I think it's been outlawed. But when we do our road trip series of exclusive ISF podcasts where we road trip the country playing coins on yeah. it at every coastal town. Yeah. A bit like Coast. Yeah. You know that program Coast? Have you watched coins. much of that? Yeah, coins. <laughs> right, aerial shot of me and you on some cliffs. Hello, <coughs> I'm Sam Delaney and I'm Andy Dawson and this is Coining. We are in Western Supermare. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the shots of us travelling like from one town to another. Like a camera zooming in on us. Yeah, it should like be a us. missile. We should hitchhike. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. I'll add that other list of things we'll never do. Yeah. We are here to do the latest Kevin Keegan Odyssey. Um, we're at the point Kevin is at Newcastle United, second managerial spell, tearing his hair out mm. at the way it's all going because it's under the, under the realm of, of Mike Ashley. And Tony Jimenez, who used to be a steward at Chelsea, and that um, he's he's talking about. Uh, he says lots of little things weren't right. Um, Nigel Pearson, one of Sam Allardyce's assistants, had taken charge of the team for the Stoke Cup tie before Kevin arrived. I'd started calling Terry Black Box because of the way he survived all of the managerial changes. <laughs> and not because he could knock out a fantastic version of Ride on Time. Ride on Time! Christmas karaoke! Because <laughs> you're Ride on Time! <laughs> um, Steve Round was also on the staff. It was difficult to keep count of all the other coaches and different fitness gurus. This is all the, the um, hangovers from Allardyce's reign because Allardyce oh, always yeah. comes in with like a massive, yeah, thirty strong stuff Huge or whatever. Team, yeah, posse, um, like a hip hop star. I yeah, don't know if hip hop yeah. stars still do that, but in like the nineties, it was de rigueur, wasn't it? I think a, it, became, it, it came out of Allardyce's tenure at Bolton. Yeah, I think that's when the he had a big influence on West, West Coast hip hop in particular. Yeah, and he had hype men. Sammy Lee was his hype man. <laughs> And he would arrive in a room two minutes before Sam Allardyce's arrival yeah. with a ghetto blaster yeah. 
and he would come in lay it on the floor, start pumping out some tunes. Get the atmosphere And going, whoa, Big yeah. Sam's on his way. Yeah. Big Sam's on his way. Come on, everyone. Right? Yeah. And just getting everyone hyped for the arrival of Big Sam. That's what we could do, I suppose, before we record these, couldn't we? Big Sam often used to have bikini-clad girls clutching Uzis, mm. sort of grinding and forming a guard of honour for mm. him as he walked through the door of anywhere. Yeah. You said grinding there. Have you seen them women who go to nightclubs with angle grinders and grind shit? No, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's a thing. I think they wear bikinis as well. Yeah. That's what happens now. Modern nightclubs, women with angle grinders. Yeah. Well, that sounds a lot like... Um, it sounds a lot like uh, flash dance. I wonder if we could get Because that, there was a lot of metal work in, yeah. and, uh, combined with sexy. But she, wore, she was health and safety conscious, though. She wore a mask. She wore a mask, yeah. Um, I wonder if we could get Grinder Girl as like a support act on our tour. In November. If you're a grinder girl at a loose end or one who's just starting out and wants to get some exposure in the business, get oh, in touch. Yeah. And you can come on the road with us in November. No problem at all. Probably shouldn't have said that. Sounds a bit sexist. Sounds yeah, a bit creepy. Very wrong, we it? don't mean it in that way at all. No, we're interested in seeing sparks. Yeah. Making sparks fly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there was a meeting on, on Kev's first morning and there were 25 people crammed into the room. Um, we have we covered this last time? I don't think we have. No, um, we didn't have enough seats on the bus or rooms in the hotels, and that meant I not only had to pick a first team squad for every match, I had to choose which members of staff should be involved and which should be left out. I got a knock on the door after one game. You've left me out, Gaffer. I can't believe I'm not in the team. What's going on? That was one of the masseurs, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> He says, we had five in total, including a Chinese masseur, for reasons that were never properly explained. But he didn't last too long. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that means. I think that's probably Terry Mack thing, getting a Chinese masseur in. Yeah. Under the, under the radar, between managers, Terry Mack's requisitioned a Chinese masseur for his own... That's what you can do. You can exploit the chaos. <laughs> That's what I'm able to do. I've become very adept at exploiting the my, chaos. My new motto is... Move fast and break things, <laughs> just like in Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have a Chinese masseur on the double. <laughs> the way in which I translate that theory into actual practical use is to always get a Chinese masseur and as many Chinese takeaways as possible uh -huh. on expenses when we're in between manager situation. <laughs> Crisis situation. <laughs> crisis management. Time for a chicken time chow mein and a massage. A crisis massage. <laughs> I've had I've had many crisis. Um, well, not massages. But takeaways. But crisis takeaways a lot. Yeah. I have yeah. one one or two a week. Comforting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's talking about strong egos and all that sort of thing. Michael Owen had his own fitness trainer. Um, I think we mentioned this in the last episode. I can't remember. I if we know. did, I'm sorry. We lost deep in, in yeah. this vegan business well, at the moment. I think it was if we whirl around a while in mm. in waters that we've already been in. Um, the last game of the 2007-8 season, we were playing at Everton. When we got off the bus to water the dressing room, I noticed that <laughs> Abdullah Fayyir, our Senegalese centre-half, had a suitcase with him. <laughs> last game of the season, he's carrying a suitcase. <laughs> Half time, we were two 0 down, and it was the worst performance he'd put in since I rejoined the club. I wanted an explanation. What the 
hell is the matter with you today? I asked him. I wanted to see he was hurt, angry even, and determined to put it right in the second half, but he didn't look bothered in the slightest. I'm tired, he said. <laughs> I'd heard enough by that stage. You've got your case with you, I asked. Yes, I'm going home straight after the game. Back to Africa. <laughs> He's booked a plane from Everton Airport yeah. to Africa. Everton Airport. <laughs> to Africa Airport. I'm flying straight into Everton. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Uh, so Kev says, he says, going back to Africa, off you go. You subbed, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Faye did go. He took his case, ordered a taxi, and I presume he went straight to the airport while the rest of his teammates went out for the second half. <laughs> Fucking hell. He'd been one of our better players for the previous four months, but I couldn't tolerate that kind of attitude. We sold him to Stoke that summer. Joe, you know, that reminds me of that kid <clears throat> when I played for St George's Colts in yeah. Brentford in the 80s. Yeah. And that kid who had to go off to a christening at half time. <laughs> yeah. And his parents were on the touchline with his church wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's unacceptable, isn't it? <laughs> Straight off to Africa. <laughs> um, we sold him to Stoke that summer. Uh, but I never regretted my hardline stance. <laughs> Terry asked after the game, he won't be in next season, will he? <laughs> Very perceptive. Terry He said tapping the side of his nose conspiratorially. <laughs> he says, Terry once told me that he always knew if I was really mad with someone because I would call them pal. <laughs> <laughs> you sub pal. <laughs> We both knew the answer to his question. He won't kick a ball for me ever again, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so there you've got then Dennis Wise enters the scene as the director of football. Um, it wasn't long before I realised the like- likeable guy I used to pick for England, a chirpy little character who'd never given me any problems. I turned into a nutter cunt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> was going to stick very closely to Jimenez, <laughs> Kev's nemesis, mm. and in turn keep his distance from me. Um, there was also a technical director called Jeff Viteri who was appointed. It also sounds like a Londoner. <laughs> of course, the Georgies at this time really, they, they, they came up with what's called the Cockney Mafia, yeah. which is what they called Mike Ashley and Dennis Wise and yeah. Jimenez and all these wide boys yeah. that had come up the M1. Raimondo de la Touche. Yeah, yeah, him as well. <laughs> <laughs> Valentino San Moritz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Viteria. <laughs> Cockney Mafia. Bonzarelli Blake. Who's all these Cockney fuckers that's come up? Trying With to take over our football fucking club. names. Fucking flash cunts. <laughs> he tries to sign Luka Modric from Dinamo Zagreb. Um, I actually remember that really well. I remember <laughs> the Newcastle's pursuit of Modric. It was when Modric first came on the radar was when... Yeah. Croatia, Slavin Bilic's Croatia dismantled Steve McLaren's England at Wembley. Do you That's remember? That's right, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and Modric was the, the schemer behind the, the architect. Thing. He was. And everyone was talking about him. And then there was big stories he was going to Newcastle. I was mm. thinking, fucking hell, it's a bit weird. And then he wound up at Spurs, which was just as weird, to yep. be honest. It says the Zagreb wanted 16 million and the wages were quite high, but it was still within our budget. And at 22, Modric had his best years ahead of him. He was exactly the kind of player I wanted to see in a black and white shirt. His agent flew up from London. And this time it was me inviting Jimenez to be part of it. It was an opportunity to sign one of the outstanding young footballers in Europe. And to begin with, I was making decent inroads, selling the club to Modric and his agent, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> telling him where he'd play in the team. Then Jimenez piped I'm going to play in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get your own shirt. It'll have your name on the back I'll, and I'll black pl- and white stripes. I'll play you somewhere in midfield. And you know what? 
I'll let you choose where. <laughs> I can't say fairer than that. Now, have we got a deal, young man? <laughs> <laughs> then Jimenez piped up. Can I come in here? He said. I don't think Luca is good enough for the Premier League. Uh-huh. He's too lightweight. He's decent, but he's not good enough. <laughs> Terry was also in the meeting and we just stared at each other in disbelief. The agent looked shocked. What do you mean, he said. Are you saying my player is not strong enough? Luca's a very strong boy, I can assure you. <laughs> Show them what you can do, Luca. Show them your muscles. <laughs> Luca picked up a golf ball, crushed it in his fist until sand ran out of his hand. Then he began to laugh manically. <laughs> I am stronger than I appear. <laughs> this is good Croat strength. My mother, she raised me on fire water. <laughs> I'm wiry but strong super strong <laughs> the agent looks shocked what do you mean he asked are you saying my player is not strong enough Lucas a very strong boy that's exactly what I mean Jimenez continued my view is that he's too lightweight for English football he's too small <laughs> Kev says it was an awful moment and ten years on it needs only a cursory glance at Modric's achievement to realise what a mistake this was mm. I think hell. Keegan had this book out before the World Cup where he was named player of, <laughs> player of the best century player in the world or something <laughs> yeah. although I would say he's over I, do you know what just a bit of a side note here that I, I was thinking about Modric the other day and thinking People went over the top with Modric after mm. the World Cup because Croatia got unexpectedly to the mm. final and that sort of team you expect to get to a World Cup final. And he was basically their most famous player, probably their best player, although they had a few decent players. But it wasn't a great team, that Croatia team. And I think that people had got bored of seeing either Messi or Ronaldo win, win the win best the player Ballon in the world door. every single yeah. year. Yeah. And I think they gave it to Modric. It was a bit like, I remember once they gave Ryan Giggs player of like the year yeah. because they realised that he'd never won it yeah. before but had consistently been one of the best players in the Premier yeah. League so it's almost like a lifetime achievement award yeah just a cursory it was, yeah listen right it's just like when they gave Scorsese the best Oscar for the aviator <laughs> yeah right <laughs> The best film, not even Oscar. his best film by a mile. Wasn't it anywhere near his best film? He knew it, they knew it, yeah. but it was sort of like fucking hell. He could he could die soon, yeah. and we'd feel right dickheads if we'd never yeah. given Scorsese an Oscar. It was a bit like that, but Modric, bit overrated. I think it's like when um, in the late eighties when um, the Brits gave best female artist to Yaz instead of Annie Lennox mm. for once, because Annie Lennox had won it like Annie nine Lennox years on the bounce. Time. Another time they she gave was the it Messi to, of female. I think they gave artistry. it to Eddie Reader from Fairground Attraction yeah. one year, and like yeah. she'd only had one hit. Yeah, but you know you've got to break it up. But what a hit! Yeah, it's got <laughs> to be. <laughs> Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, I felt like I was being tested to the limits by Jimenez and getting zero backing from Wise when I needed his support. Um, he goes on and on about this for pages and pages. I think the thing is, it is frustrating reading it. But anyone who's ever been in a job, it, you know, it's infested uh, by cunts. But most jobs are, mate. Aren't well, they? Yeah, but this is next level. This stuff here. No, but don't you? You must see parallels with your time, for instance, at our price. Right, mm, there's yeah. always someone. Yeah, and 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 I, I think I personally think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had problems with men and women. I've had problems with everyone I've worked Just with. Humans in general. Yeah, yeah. but um, a lot of the time you have men grandstanding. So if you look at this particular situation with Modric, right, this is something that I think people listening in whatever industry you work in, if you've been working for a few years and you've reached any 
position of seniority in some ways it's easier when you're younger and you're happy just to be a junior person who do what you're told whatever you don't spend yeah. more. The moment you're sitting in the room where there's other senior people right there's a lot of fucking dicks on the table yeah. right and there's a lot of this guy Jimenez has to justify his position right because he's a steward so, from Chelsea so, so if Kevin Keegan says I want to sign Modric he cannot bear to mm. just sit there and go, okay, sounds mm. fine, Mr. Keegan. You obviously know what you're doing. I'll let you make a decision. You, you former manager of Newcastle, Manchester City, Fulham and England. Yeah. Cleaning up. He's like one of England's greatest players. Whereas I was a steward at Chelsea for a people, bit. People just always have to say, well, actually, I think I know a bit better. Mm. Or, well, actually, I think you ought to know what my experience is. And I think I want my opinion to be heard and counted. Yeah. And really, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter, mate. None of it matters. Let that come come on. <clears throat> Sometimes you've got to take the path of least resistance, yeah. right? Even if you're the sort of fucker who's looking after their own backside, which it sounds to me like Dennis Wise was doing. Dennis Wise couldn't believe he'd been given director of football. Uh, let's be honest, a big club, right? Big club, decent money. He's fucking director of football at Newcastle United. It's a, a plum job for someone who's post-retirement. It, uh, well, he'd been manager of Leeds, but this is yeah. far easier this so, is an easy you know, he can't believe it more. it's a plum Proper job dust, right so all he's thinking <clears throat> and who can blame him he's feeling upwards he, yeah he, all he can think is fuck it all I have to do here is just Turn keep up. my head down and keep hold of the job yeah right and good fair play a- to him agree with the right people at the right time I would have very much I would have attempted and failed to have the same policy mm. right and so he, but you know you've got to think in situations like this let Keegan sign Modric. If he turns out to be shit, I'll let it be known. I'll have it on record that it was Keegan's fucking yeah. decision, not mine. Right? Um, I just, I, I can see the frustrations he's writing about, they frustrate me listening to it because if you've ever found yourself in some sort of institution trying to make decisions on the basis of your own expertise and have other people who have different areas of expertise trying to fucking wade in yeah. and interfere with what you're, with your shit, yeah. it's really annoying. And I'm not even Kevin Keegan, mate. No. If I was Kevin Keegan, I'd find it twice as annoying. You're almost getting as head up as he is in this book. I know, I know. Just... just- talking about it you know theoretically jalapeño hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. Enter Derek Lambius. Another one of Bad Ashley's night. allies who had arrived towards the end of the season preparing to take over as manager director once Chris Mort's secondment from Freshfields 
let's not forget is the supermarket from Coronation Street mm. uh, ended in the summer Lambius was it Lambius not sure Lombardo don't know Lombarda Lombarda uh, Lambius ran casinos and met Ashley at his club 50 in Mayfair <laughs> are you familiar with that club Sam as no. a Londoner meet me at my pub 50, 50. it's in Mayfair <laughs> <laughs> address 50 Mayfair <laughs> <laughs> he was another one who'd been parachuted into Newcastle with no football background. I'm going to parachute you into Newcastle. Have you got any football background? Nah, none. Great. I'll parachute you straight Don't worry, in. I'll we'll end on the centre circle. So uh, Less experience, the better. That way we really get to, to <laughs> disrupt things. <laughs> Move fast and break things. Yeah. Uh, the first time I met him was at the Capitol, the hotel in Knightsbridge where the Queen's mother used to stay. Queen's mother, who was also known as the Queen Mother. Yeah, it's uh, called the Queen's Mother. Yeah. <laughs> the Queen's Mother, that. <laughs> Bit disrespectful, mate. Her name's yeah. the Queen Mother. Fuck's sake. Just because she's dead doesn't mean she loses her title. Uh, and he couldn't have been nicer. I was with Jean. That's a lovely sentence. Just four words there. I was with Jean. We had a cup of tea and Lambias, Lambias, Lambada, clearly wanting to make a favourable impression. I'll come and work with you, Kevin. I want to learn from you. You've been in the game such a long time. It will be an honour to work with such a legend. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Blowing smoke up my backside. <laughs> You're saying all the right things, though. <laughs> Gene seemed to like him. <laughs> then as soon as the, he took over, all the superficial niceties went out of the window and I had the misfortune of seeing close up the real Derek Lambius. Lambius. <laughs> like had attracted like... <laughs> He's looking in the mirror there, author Kev. That's a very good sentence, that. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself the afternoon off. He no was more writing for you, young man. <laughs> he was another Jimenez, arrogant, aloof, full of self-importance. It was difficult to even have a conversation with him. I couldn't trust him. And rather than make the situation any better, he made everything worse. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Guess what he did. Guess what you think he did. <laughs> Didn't make the better. What's Did the opposite of better? Do you think he made them better, worse, or <laughs> just the same? same? Put your hands up if you know. It was worse. <laughs> I'll put you out of your misery. It was worse. <laughs> Lambius was cold and calculated and not to be trusted. He didn't regard Dennis Wise as the brightest of people. Well, it's not that um, right. thick then, is he? Um, Lambius was another one, like Jimenez, who didn't want me ringing Mike Ashley. Yet there were times when I felt I had to ignore their instructions. I wasn't sure if Mike knew what was going on. Oh, fucking Mike knew exactly what was going on. Mike just didn't want to be he bothered, did he? what's going on, all yeah. right. Um, we never had a board meeting where official minutes were taken. Of course you didn't. It's a cockney mafia, isn't it? Who's taking the minutes, then, for this one? Shall Back I get Gene minutes. to come in and do it? Fucking minutes. minutes. We cut these. We don't <laughs> dabble in minutes. We work on handshakes and nuds. <laughs> yeah. Never write anything down. Never <laughs> leave first, a paper trail. First rule of being a cockney. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing ever gets committed to print. <laughs> and if it does, set fire to it. Not just the bit of paper, but the whole building that's it that it's in at the time. We're also going to be opening a string of tanning salons in Newcastle. <laughs> don't ask any questions, yeah. all right? Also, we have noticed there aren't many country clubs around here, so we're opening a nice country club. We can go at the weekend. You can have a round of golf. You can have a massage. You can have a Chinese meal. You can have a Chinese meal with the missus, and you can have a disco and all. It's a, a Chinese disco. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Just picture it <clears throat> Mike Ashley's Northern Chinese Country Club <laughs> Fuck 
fucking hell. Um, I wanted to ask the owner if he was aware of what was happening at his own club. Jimenez found out one day and went absolutely berserk. Jimenez is fucking throwing a wobbler with Kevin Keegan. Fucking hell. It's not on, is it? The power had gone to his head. You don't ever ring Mark Ashley. You come through me if you want to get a Mark Ashley. Do you hear? Everything comes through me. The steward. You do not go to Mark Ashley. Do you understand, you small northerner? <laughs> if you if you so much as dream if you so much as dream about Mike Ashley in your sleep, I want you to picture him with my face, not his. God sick. Um they went to uh, watch uh Bafatimbi Gormas, Senegal striker, who'd been scoring a few yeah. goals for Sen at the end. Uh and he'd been recommended by Jeff Vitere. Um Sen at the end played against PSG and so Terry Mack and myself flew over to check him out. We took our seats at Parc de Prince and the game was about to kick off when we realised Jimenez and Wise were three rows behind us. It was awkward to say the least and another sign of the deteriorating situation between us. <laughs> they knew we were going to be there but we didn't have a clue they were going to be there. What a, what a waste of... Um, a complete waste of club resources yeah. as well. Well, was it though? Um, it didn't help that Gomez was very poor. Uh... Viteri had done some scouting for Real Madrid in the past, but I'd rather trust my own eyes, and there was nothing to suggest Gomez was good enough for the t- kind of team we were, we were trying to build. Uh, the ball kept bouncing off his shins, and 20 minutes in, my phone bleeped with a text from Dennis. He's having one, it read. Shall we go home? Jeff Viteri is shit. <laughs> <laughs> At least Dennis had a sense of humour. I replied, looks like Didier Drogba plays like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Didier Drogba plays like Didier uh, Didier oh, oh, I can't think of it uh, uh, Dracula Didier no Didier Cece was quite a good player wasn't he oh. mind you mind you Ken Dra- Dodd and the Diddy men no Dracula might have been half decent player thinking about it so that don't work he could fly he could turn <laughs> invisible he never died it's not racist to call him Dracula is it no <laughs> okay good then I'm going with Dracula <laughs> get it written down Right to Kev. <laughs> um, we stuck it out till the second half, but I presume once we flew back, our interest in the play would be finished. I was mistaken. <laughs> I was asleep at home one night past midnight when my phone rang. At that late hour, it always used to give me a jolt if the phone went. Well, it does, doesn't it? Everyone's like that. Mm. You get a phone call after midnight, you think, fuck, who's dead? <laughs> yeah, who's fallen out of a tree? Who's dead? Who's crashed a car? Um, I got woken up once, uh, not middle of the night, but about five a.m. Mm. By oh. there was there was a period where I, you know, you you must get this a lot, where you're on the phone list of radio and TV producers as a renter gob, right? Mm. And until you've told them to fuck off consistently for quite a few years, <laughs> they will continue, or you've just really let them down a number of times, which is more my case, yeah. right? <laughs> I try and do it that way. Let them down been unreliable yeah. or said unacceptable things on air yeah right? done that as well and they stopped calling you but they used to call me up Sky News used to love calling me up for any obit in the entertainment industry right right and so I would often have the news of, of, of stars deaths mm. which can be shocking right so if it was a star you were a fan of mm. or you loomed large over your childhood um, and you'd get calls at strange times. And the way you'd find out, I yeah. remember being woken up from a gorgeous nap. We've been talking recently on the other podcasts about memorable naps. I remember having a particularly enjoyable nap uh, when I was on the first day of a holiday in Albra on the Suffolk coast. Oh, nice. And I was having this lovely nap. 
and it was in the afternoon and we just had a long drive there so I thought I'd have a nap to mm. recover and the phone rings and someone says hi Sam it's so and so from Sky News just wondered if you could join us to uh, react to the news of Amy Winehouse's death right and I'm like <laughs> we, thought, we immediately thought of you what Be, have you, you been from London you know how your you know how your brain is like befuddled post nap yeah. when you've been woken up suddenly but the worst time it happened was at five in the morning and I wake up and my wife just the phone rings she's woken up same time as me we're both like <gasps> like you know you get shot I, I answer the phone I go hello what when <laughs> and I go fucking hell and my wife is trembling white and go what 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 and I just put my hand over the phone I went Michael Jackson's dead <laughs> Right, and she was like, "Jesus Christ, you shat the life out of me!" And then we were actually a bit upset about Michael Jackson dying, anyway. But I what suppose- you been doing the night before? Because that was announced at about nine thirty p.m. Like everyone on Twitter was watching it. And, well, and I didn't. Fucking, I didn't hear about night. it until the fucking morning phone call. But I can tell you, it was when we had a very small child. I was just going to say, so it yeah. could have been. Now, I mean, it could have been that because I. The reason I remember that is that that day I didn't respond to Michael Jackson's death live on Sky News because <laughs> I. I always say unless I personally knew the person, or I have got an in-depth knowledge of them, like I've written extensively mm. about them then I think it's disrespectful, mm. right? So, or not disrespectful, just a bit of a letdown. I'll just jump in there and say that when uh, Ken Dodd died and it was announced at about one o'clock in the morning, I was still up, slightly drunk, yeah. tweeting about it. And one of my followers on Twitter was a, a Five Live producer <laughs> who DM'd me and says, will you go on <laughs> Five Live at 1.30am and pay tribute to Ken Dodd? <laughs> and presumably said yes. Of course he did. <laughs> What's the most pissed... As Darren Goff, the cricketer, once said, what's the most pissedest you've ever been? Right? And that's a phrase I've heard him use. What's the most pissedest you've ever been on air? Uh, well, I used to get through a bottle of wine when I used to do the show with James Brown oh, on Saturday yeah. night at TalkSport. Because it was Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Yeah, fair Why enough. wouldn't I have um, a large vase of red wine in front of me? I, I went to West Ham Hartlepool away mm. in Hartlepool. Great night out. Don't know if you've had many nights out in Hartlepool. Mm, no, I haven't actually. Good night out. So we all went up there for the weekend, right? And um, we'd been out on the Friday and... Or was it Saturday and the game was on Sunday? I can't remember. Anyway, we'd been up the night before, had a fucking massive night. And then the next day we're in the ground, right? Mm. In Hartlepool's ground. And it, and I and I did... Uh, I was working for Five Live and I did the Saturday morning show of Eamon Holmes. I did it down the line live from the game, about an hour just dicking around, you know. He, he was in London, yeah. I was in Hartlepool. Live from Hartlepool. Live this from week. Hartlepool. But I wasn't doing it. hadn't been set up by them. It yeah. was just I said I was there. And they said, well, we'll have a reporter there. So use the, the um, you know, our, our set up, our yeah. rig, and do an hour because I usually would have been in the studio back in London. And then I go, right, done. And then there is a bloke. Now, what's his name? He used to do all the Northeastern football, right? He's got, his name might be Clem. Heard of him? Oh, yeah. Mark Clement. Yeah, Mark he Clement. used to be on. Grandstand and that, didn't he? In yeah. BBC, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's from the North Beast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who he's put, but anyway, <clears throat> nice guy. He was the one who was there as a reporter and he'd set me up with his kit. Right. And then he went, 
great. I went, cheers to that. And he goes, are you, are you, so you're going to be at the game? I said, yeah, I'm here with all my mates. We've all come up from London and I'll just be in the West Ham end. Yeah. And he goes, well, I'll be going around speaking to fans <laughs> at half time, so I'll try and grab you. And I was just like, yeah, all right, thinking he's, he'll never find me. <laughs> I'm going, I end, I've finished my work for the day, right? They paid me 100 quid for that. <laughs> and I am now going to go fully stray Sounds on the proceeds. Yeah. Fuck me. All right, by the time... That must have finished at 11 o'clock. I went straight to the pub. We were getting up to all sorts, right? By the time the game kicked off, 3 o'clock, I'm like... You know, have you ever been to many games where you're so pissed you stand and you can't quite see the game properly? No. Right, I've been... When I was younger, I had a lot of games like that, right? And uh, although, to be fair, I wasn't... I was inexcusably... <laughs> I wasn't that young for, for this story. <laughs> I was in my thirties anyway, and I uh, a weird I, game though. You know, I staggered, I staggered out of this fucking concrete box toilet. Hartley Pool's ground is a you know right throwback ground. I stagger out, and I'm off my tits. <laughs> you know, I wasn't yeah. whatever I was doing in the toilet. It wasn't weeing. And 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 I and I've, I'm all over the fucking gaff. And as I stagger out, fucking Mark Clements there, right, with a fucking radio backpack, right? Because I was thinking, as if he's gonna fucking find me in the West Ham end. He's not gonna come into the West Ham end after. Hey, hey Sam, Bedlam, right? And he's a lovely guy, so he's, you're not gonna say, ah, fuck off, Mark. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> ah, I'm busy being off my tits. I'm busy being debauched. Can't you see that? <laughs> right. And I think I'm he bringing was a bit of the London lifestyle <laughs> to the North East. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> he, he literally, I couldn't get past him. He was probably in the doorway in the box, brandishing a microphone. Going, oh, and we're joined now by our very own Sam Delaney. <laughs> Hello, Sam. And I'm like, oh, and he went, what do you think of the first half? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> someone, mate, a mate listened to it and texted me afterwards saying, you just used the phrase, this lot are no mugs three times. Holy <laughs> pool. I'll tell you what, Sam, it's not easy. This lot are no mugs. And in the oh, end, I got man. away. I uh, <laughs> just had to run away. Yeah. But that's a painful memory for me. That's good. I'm glad you shared it with us. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would go viral now if you did that. It now. would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I got yeah. away with that one. Nice one. Um, so, yeah, so they flew back after watching Gomez and uh, Lambius. Was it Lambius? Yeah, Lambius rang up at the middle of the night. He was with the others and judging by the... With the others. <laughs> There's a gang of them. They go around together. Uh, judging by the background noise, it sounded as if they were in a bar. <laughs> Kevin, just to let you know, he announced, we've put in a bid for Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the match. We got to a casino. We decided to put in a bid. Fuck it. Things got a bit out of hand. <laughs> yeah, you know how you know, it is. We brought a bid in. <laughs> we went on their website. Put, went to the bidding section. See, it's all automated. Yeah. They've got it all automated on the website. With all, the, all the executives from all the clubs, we've all got to log in. So <laughs> we just go on the website, go to the secret area, log in, put in a bid. We've all done it. <laughs> Not eBay, but f- footballers. I'll, tr- I'll, I'll promise myself no more drinking and bidding. But <laughs> you know what it's like. <laughs> all the best laid plans and all that. Um... 
So we've put in a bid for Gobers. Kevin says, pardon? <laughs> 10 million euros. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> it felt like a dream, but it was actually more like a nightmare. But I don't want him, I said. I don't want him. <laughs> I could hardly hear him. Wherever they were, they claimed later it was an Indian restaurant. It sounded as if they, <laughs> they were having a big later. night. <laughs> Where were you when you called me? It was an Indian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think we're cockneys? It can't be Chinese every night. When you're eating out, you have an Indian. You when got, you're staying home and getting a takeaway, it's the Chinese. You've got to mix it up, ain't you? <laughs> I didn't get much sleep, but first thing in the morning, I rang Newcastle Secretary Lee Charnley to ask if the club had put in a bid to sign Gomez behind my back. It didn't. He didn't sound too convincing, but tried to put me off the scent. No, he said, if we bid for any player, I'd know about it. <laughs> he was lying. <laughs> Later, look, Kevin, he said, I'm sorry, but the truth is, yes, an offer has been made. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. Um, I was still shocked and only marginally cheered by the news the bid had been rejected. As far as I was concerned, the club had gone back in our agreement. I would have the final say when it comes to signings. Um, the next day, Lambius came back on the phone to apologise and promised it wouldn't happen again. Look, we don't. We so what can I say? Yeah. We were all out, you know. One of the guys has just been getting eaten it on his phone, so he thought, <laughs> "Does it work? Can you put bids in using a mobile phone?" Turns out you can. We thought there was not a chance. Next thing we know, it's happened. <laughs> so sorry, Kev. Won't happen again. So there we are. Uh, we'll leave it there, and we'll we'll move on in the next episode because there's plenty more. Happening at Newcastle United. Fucking absolute ca- mayhem at Newcastle Total United during this era. Total shit show. Yeah. But um, never mind. And the, and the fella's still in charge now. He is. All right, that's it for this one. Thanks for listening. TTFN. ta da. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.